Hey there, welcome to the inn. Before you pull up a chair, drop up your stuff at the storage shed, craft a few more traveling lashings, sit back and relax, and join us for some rested XP. Hey everybody, MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, aka Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is a new world podcast, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. This show and all other XP Media shows are 100% listener supported outside of the occasional sponsored episode, so keep your ears open for those. But we greatly appreciate anybody who has supported us in the past or continues to support on Patreon. Thank you so much. Tonight, the day that we've all been waiting for is finally here. Launch day. And as of the time of recording, launch day has come and gone. We're going to talk about it, our thoughts on how it went, how it compares to our general expectations from other AAA launch events, tips and strategies for managing the long, long queues, and finish up with our thoughts on server size and, of course, whatever rabbit holes we get into. But first, where can people find us in Game Trigger? Yeah, so we're still on the Zabalba server. That's X I B A L B A. On U.S. East, it is one of the more populated realms. (laughs) We tried to be really strategic and not get caught up in the upper populations. We've had decent queues in prime time. They've still been pretty bad. But right now, the plan is to stay on Zabalba until basically the New World devs uh, give us a transfer option that's reasonable or enough people transfer off of the server and make it a little more more doable. So U.S. East, Zabalba for now. Sounds good. If you want to play with us or want to check out the company that we formed, there's a ton of people in it. It's pretty active. We're the number two or three largest company right now on the server, and we're having a great time. So be sure to send us a message in game. The name is our MTB Trigger and Ronald Gaming. You can go ahead and hit us up. Well, let's dive into it tonight. We want to talk about launch day and what is a reasonable launch day how modern games, you know, usually kind of launch and, and really did it meet our expectations? You know, did it not meet our expectations? You know, what do you think? How, did, how do you think it went? Well, I guess from my own personal experience, I got really lucky, I would say. I was able to log on right when the servers came up and then just kind of had an inordinate amount of playtime during the day, which I wouldn't normally have. So I was actually able to stay connected to the Zabalba server for basically the entire day. And from an in-game perspective, it was super impressive how stable it was. From a problems outside of the server, being queues and the connection issues that other people experienced, it's kind of on par with what I expect on a AAA launch that has heavy interest from tons of different areas especially when there's streamers and YouTubers and tons of casual MMO players that are all interested at the same time. It was kind of an expected result, which is unfortunate because I really did think that because Amazon is known for hosting servers for basically every type of company, including a bunch of games, I really thought they had a chance to show their new product, their new system, and show all the other companies how it's done on launch. And it was just kind of as expected for a AAA and MMO launch for me. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm not sure what I expected, to be totally honest with you. This is kind of uncharted territory for a game of this size and scope on Amazon. So this is their, you know, they're really their flagship product, right? 
I would say it's similar to other AAA MMOs that launch. You know, there's always going to be queues because people are excited, right? The hype machine and marketing machine for Amazon was was in full effect. And we had some very successful open and closed beta weekends, you know, and then that large closed beta back, uh, was it August, I think? Anyways, yeah. Yep. Jul- July or August. And I think that really kind of sparked a lot of interest. And I expected a lot of people to try to be getting in at the same time. So, I mean, the servers were definitely going to melt. I guess one of the interesting choices that was made was the server size itself. And before we really get into that, I, I think it'd be good to talk about like, what was your plan? Like, what was your launch day plan? And how did you kind of prep for that? Logging, logging, logging. <laughs> like, literally, the only thing I want to do was just to get in and log, man. I had big plans to just work on trade skills if I got in, but specifically it was, you know, they launched really early in the day. And for me, that works out really well because I'm able to be pretty close to my gaming PC all day. And so I just kind of was monitoring that. And I think I started logging in like five to 15 minutes after the launch just because of getting the kids off to school and stuff like that. But I was able to get in pretty quick. And my plan was really just to explore and experience the game and see what was going on. I think my experience was uncommon in that I stayed connected, didn't have lag problems, didn't have to sit in the queue on day one or even the early part of day two, which is today as we're recording. And I did have to do a queue for this evening. And of course, the queue, you know, I got into the game about five minutes before we started recording. So I'm just making sure I don't get logged out before we finish. It's kind of my goal right now. But to your original question, my plan was to get in and work on professions and just uh, get to like level 10 in my mind, but basically get to where I could pick my faction because we decided on Covenant, which is the yellow guys, if you're looking to figure out how to get on this server and join us. So I wanted to get to pick my Covenant or pick my Covenant faction and then just work on professions. So that was my plan going in. I'm pretty well aware that I don't think most people would say what I'm about to say is that I got to execute on my plan and didn't have any problems on launch day. I think that's probably an uncommon experience based on what I've read and what I've heard, what a lot of people in our company have said and experienced throughout the day as well. So how about you? What was your plan? I'm not really sure I had a total plan. Basically, for any game launch, I like to dive right in and get the client installed if it's available a couple of days prior. So that was done. And this game is through Steam. So that was pretty easy to do, of course. But I got in probably 45 minutes after launch got my morning settled and my plan was to stay away from the major cities and try to avoid kind of the lag that comes with a large amount of players trying to, you know, drive in for the first time and start questing in the main questing hubs. And I actually was thinking kind of the same thing. I was just thinking, hey, I'm going to go just chop wood and do resources and really not rush, but just kind of enjoy the scenery, enjoy the game, you know, that kind of situation. And that worked really well. I was able to be kind of be by my gaming computer during the day as well. And then about, I don't know, about two hours in, I hit a major leg spike and then I got disconnected. And when I got disconnected, I reconnected into the queue and it took about five hours to get back into the game. And that was just a, that was just a real bummer. It 
kind of took out that middle part of the day. And then I didn't really get back in until, you know, it was maybe five thirty, six o'clock. And then, of course, we all got together and played with the folks like you that were in for most of the day. So I always know that launch day, you have to be pretty flexible with MMOs because they are what they are in any game, really, but especially MMOs, because it depends upon a large number of players and clients being connected and being able to get in and do whatever they're going to do. And the servers can only support so many people. And that's definitely something that Amazon made a choice. And I would say overall, it was disappointing to be in a long queue. But when I was in game, I actually really was impressed with how smooth the gameplay was, if that makes sense. It does. And I think that for me was probably what made it harder. This is me kind of guessing and just talking to a bunch of people in Discord and just everyone's experience. But the fact that when you were in game and if you were watching streamers or you experienced it yourself and everything was running smooth, except for some of the major cities, and even those were largely working really well, I had no problems in Everfall. But I do know that some people were experiencing issues when they were in um, Windsward. I guess that was the hard part. It's like when you're in the game, it's running great and you're seeing people playing and they're not they're not lagging. They're not having any problem doing anything and they're progressing and they're not getting disconnected. And then every now and then it would happen. So that almost made it worse <laughs> is that the in-game experience was so good and like impressively so. And you you brought up kind of the next point is the servers are capped at 2000 logged in players. And there's obviously a reason that Amazon chose this number of players. And I think it was because of how stable the servers are with that number logged in. The issue becomes, you know, that instability and the people that experienced lag disconnects around major cities or choke points or quests or wherever it happened. If you add in another 10, 20, 30 or 50 percent to that and you up it to 3000 or 4000, those areas that were already unstable just become more unstable. So I think the easy solution, you know, from a armchair developer standpoint is, well, just up the cap on the servers, you know, and I and maybe this was known. Maybe they wanted people to experience the game at the expense of not having everybody kicked out. And maybe when players, you know, get into the 20s and the 25s and 26s and start moving into the higher level zones, maybe the plan all along was to increase the server cap. We, we won't know that. But that may be what we see here in subsequent weeks as they start dialing up the server capacity as the you know first batch of players get in and get leveled up. And I guess before I ask you your thoughts on the cap, you know, the one thing I'll say, and we'll probably say this a lot, is you know, I, I didn't want to miss out on the launch and I didn't have to, but I've talked to so many people that did. And that just really is unfortunate. And I feel for that because I, I wanted to be in the launch. I was able to. And that really, I think, was a stroke of luck and schedule on my part that just kind of lined up perfectly with what New World had going on, which normally wouldn't be the case. And if it was a day later, it wouldn't have worked that way. But it is persistent. There are going to be servers and things to do forever, you know, so missing a few days in the beginning or however they roll this out, you know, I think Amazon has an uphill battle. They've got to win back the people that haven't been able to play the game yet that were excited or weren't looking at the game, but maybe got a little interested and then the server queues pushed them away. So now Amazon has to work to get those players back. But for somebody who hasn't got to play yet and is still intending to play, 
the servers aren't going anywhere. The trees still need to be chopped down. I promise you, there's a lot of them out there. I've attacked them and they haven't gone anywhere, but I wouldn't give up hope. But I do empathize with those that had a really uh, horrible first couple days trying to get in the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's hard because the excitement, you know, is leads to some FOMO, right? Definitely don't want to be feeling like you're missing out on on anything. And we mentioned something there that's really important is that for those of you that are listening to the show that are new to MMOs, this may be the first MMO you ever played. Uh, This is a persistent world. This is not a wipe cycle like uh, some other traditional FPS games or some other games that you may have, you know, been more uh, common to your gaming library. This is this is a persistent world. So when you get in and you start going through your adventure in New World, it's it's not going to be something that you have to worry about time limit. You you have plenty of time to get in and and do that. So I mean that's like the first thing that I think you said that really is worth highlighting. And as far as like the server queue size and server stability, it's a really interesting choice that Amazon made with New World and. And I'd like to break it down a little bit because the way that I see this, I'd like to propose kind of this idea and get your feedback on it. The way I see this is MMO companies or game developers really have two choices. They can either create a bad experience in-game or they can create a bad experience for people trying to get into the game. You know, and we, we mentioned like, even though the queues were long, for if you were lucky enough to be in the game playing, the game experience was really, really good. And it's just such an interesting choice for game developers to make. And limiting the server sizes to 2,000 concurrent players, I think was Amazon making the choice by saying, hey, we know there's going to be long queues and we know that's going to be disappointing to some people. But we also want the first impressions of our game to be good and to be as stable as they possibly can be because you really only get one chance to make a first impression in anything but especially in a game on the internet <laughs> and so i think i'd like to get your opinion on that what do you what do you think about those choices and and maybe expand on that you know i think i think a lot of things about that i think that that's a really hard decision to make if you're the developer, if that's truly the decision. It makes me wonder all kinds of things as somebody who doesn't have experience in it. Like, could they have just had people select the region for launch and like automatically put people into realms and then, you know, later you select your server? You know, I don't know. I don't know if they could have done something like that or have have it split a different way because clearly there was a limitation to having 2,000 people on an instance of their software running at any given time. So I wonder if they could have broken it up in a better way to get more people in earlier with the same experience and that kind of thing. But regarding the having a bad experience logging in and a bad experience actually playing, I think that relies heavily on people it relies heavily on the assumption that people are going to watch if they can't play. And I think that there's a lot of people that will do that to see what's going on. But when it's the launch of the game, I don't think that is a very good strategy, right? Because when I couldn't play this evening, when I was waiting for you to get on so we could record and I was waiting for my cue to tick down, I didn't want to be watching the game that I couldn't play. That was just going to really increase my fear of missing out. I I would feel like I was missing out, right? Like, oh, I could be logging right now or oh, I could be 
working on anything. I could be organizing what I want to put up on the, I call it the flea market, but the trading post. I could be doing anything in game. I could be standing around looking at the sunset, but instead I had my game minimized and I was playing Diablo 2, waiting for you to log on and waiting for the queue to go down because I just, I didn't want to look at it. And I think there's probably a lot of people out there that if they can't play, they're not going to watch somebody else play. But if they're able to play and they just can't play right now, maybe they would watch content. So I think there's just kind of this unbalanced approach to this that, you know, if you read forums anywhere, it's not a pretty sight right now. And I do think that, you know, Amazon's come back out and they've tweeted out and said that they've opened tons of new realms in all regions, right? So you can go start a character somewhere else and then they're going to talk about transferring later. But we don't know the specifics on that. So we don't know if you start a U.S. West character, if you can bring it over to U.S. East or in some other region. So we're not sure how that's going to work yet. But they're attacking the problem with just giving more 2,000 person instances, which, which I don't know. I, I guess there's, it, it just breaks off into all of these various ways this can go wrong. You know, if, if somebody is level 20 because they got in on the first day, but their entire group of friends couldn't get in, and now they're all deciding to go to another realm, they've effectively split up this group that wanted to experience the game together and giving some arbitrary transfer option down the road, ah, kind of rough, you know? It, it's not, since it's not known right now, it doesn't feel great. So again, I, I'll, I'll kick it back to you. It, you know, we, we intended to just talk about how the launch went and the end game portion was fantastic, except for the lagginess in those choke point areas. But 99% of my game time the first two days was crisp, smooth, didn't have any problems. And if I experienced any kind of lag stuttering or whatever, I 180'd and got out of there. So I think Amazon's in a hard spot. I think they had to make decisions. I think they made them intentionally based on stability of servers. I'm just not sure that the expectation from the entire player base was even close to having been met for the launch of this for a company that's known for their servers. That's a fair point. I don't know how they came up with 2,000 concurrent players. I think the number seems, it feels a little small compared to other AAA MMOs that are out there that clearly have more than 2,000 concurrent players per server. I have no idea specifically how this game, you know, from a technical perspective, is it was created or coded. Uh, it seems to me like that number is a little bit low. And as of date of recording, they are talking about upping it. But you make a good point. One of the things about MMOs that makes them fun and special is the experience of playing the entire progression with your friends kind of at the same time. And this particular launch, while the in-game experience was good for the people that were there, it definitely split up some groups of people in a way that didn't feel good. And so I'm really torn, to be honest with you, because I expected queues. Uh, that's just the way every game is at launch, because the reason there's queues, for those that maybe are wondering, is because you say, well, Amazon sold, you know, X millions of copies. They should have that capacity day one at launch. Well, the reason why they don't is because on average, the player base will drop off substantially. So it's not like they want to have all that excess server capacity sitting around doing nothing. The balance between what the actual capacity is versus the actual usage long term is always a delicate thing that every game creator studio has had issues with, you know, since the beginning of time, right? So they made their choice at 2000 and released multiple instances in addition to the original launch list 
and so they recognized that uh, the you know right out of the bat that that was not enough. That choice led to these long queues, and 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 I agree this kind of weird experience that broke up these groups of players that wanted to play together, including our company, that where some people just really couldn't get on until today, and. You know, people are, some people are pushing, some people are not. Everyone's playing their own play style, which I think is great about the game. I will say this game is a lot less punishing for level differences than other MMOs that I've played. So I think that's a good thing for the game long term. Overall, my opinion of the decision to have lower concurrent players and higher queues, even though it's not great, I still think it was the right decision. You know, if, if I were to design it, I would go this way. Because I think it's more important that regardless of the amount of people that are playing, that that play experience is as non-leggy and good overall as it can be. And some of the issues that were experienced by players were things like quest items not respawning fast enough or quest mobs that need to be killed for certain things not responding fast enough. And that is a much better problem to have than just simply always disconnecting, you know, every three or four seconds because the server was allowed to get to such a large size that it just is not manageable as far as concurrent player count. So I, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough question to answer. And I don't think there really is a right or wrong answer. It's just a, it's just a tough one, but I actually think they made a good choice. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think. Just to final comment on this before we talk about how to manage this, um, you know, I think I always expect server issues and instability on a game's launch, you know, and I think almost unfortunately for Amazon, Diablo 2 Resurrected launched like four days before and was kind of a nightmare, (laughs) you know, but you could actually get in and you'd be kicked out and then you'd get back in and you you couldn't chat and then you couldn't leave a game but you could stay or you couldn't leave a game and start a new one so people were staying in a game and all this stuff i think for me i I guess i'm just kind of on the opposite side i expect instability in the game because of the amount of interest and the amount of people in there i think naturally if you're experiencing lag and glitching around and weird stuff's going on naturally you're going to go find different stuff to do away from players. And I think players would have naturally spread out given that scenario. Now, the towns, the settlements are massive hubs and they're huge bottlenecks and choke points because you do all of your crafting there. You know, so it's almost like could simple things like moving some of the crafting outside of the town just a little bit, you know, still have it accessible and not horrible, but in each town, maybe move the crafting stations just outside the town so that there's not this huge bottleneck in the middle of the town. I don't know. I would have rather seen instability in the game because I can manage that. I can choose to deal with it, potentially get disconnected, or I can go find something else to do, go somewhere else, find a less populated town, spend the time to run there. I have a choice in that regard, whereas sitting in queue, I have no choice but to wait. So for me, that's the that's that's what I would have preferred is less performance in game, knowing it would stabilize after, you know, the first couple days wore off. But there's another thing that's going to be coming up. We'll have experienced this by the time this episode releases, but they released the game on a Tuesday. We're talking about this having happened on Tuesday and Wednesday, and now we have Thursday coming up. But then we have the weekend and <laughs> there's there's a real potential that people wake up on Saturday thinking that 
this is the first time they could play. The people that haven't even tried to get in yet because they don't have weekday playtime. And if they log in Saturday and see a queue of five or 6,000 and they realize that it's going to be eight or nine hours before they get to play the game, I think that's a real problem, you know, and we're, we're going to see what happens coming up. But I, I don't necessarily agree that that was the right call because the majority of players play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's going to be just a nightmare if they don't do something before the next couple of days. I mean, that's a great point. I wonder if maybe this was a way to load balance the server population a little bit. Uh, if you figure in the initial couple of days, you're going to have the rush of early adopter players that are really going to want to push. They log in, you know, they're pushing through the starting zones and then they get pushed out to the other zones where their instancing is perhaps in different hardware or different pieces of software. And maybe they open it up, then they double the population for the weekend because they'll have players spread out amongst the entire world instead of just concentrating in certain hubs. That may be the case. Uh, I'm hoping that they do expand for the weekend because I do agree with you. That's not really a good experience if you spent all week really excited to do this and the queue is 5,000 on Saturday morning and you're just not going to get a chance to play. That kind of stinks. So it's definitely something that for the next episode we'll be able to reflect and look back on how New World handles its first weekend influx of everybody who only has weekend playtime. So we'll see. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move off this because, I mean, everyone that experienced it knows what's going on. If you're a brand new player and you hear this a week or two or a month after the launch, this just isn't going to be super relevant. But I did I did want to talk briefly about like getting started, right? So we just started the game. We had launch and you talked about plan and I think everybody's plans got just kind of wrecked by <laughs> some of the server stuff and hoping to play with buddies and then the you know buddy was 20 minutes later trying to log in and that meant 4 hours in queue. So I want to talk about the initial part of this game because, you know, you kind of get through the tutorial, you get launched into an area, and there's a storyline quest that kind of takes you around. But then everywhere you run, you're presented with all these options. You're presented with harvesting, you're, pre you're presented with mining and skinning, and you kind of walk through how to create these tools and what to do with them. And you obviously have monsters to go hit and beat down. So when you first got in, right, you had a plan. But like, what did you go do? And then how did it actually go? Oh, that's a good question. I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. So I kind of knew a little bit about gathering and the leveling system. And, you know, I had just enough of an idea. That, okay, well, when the game launches, I'll get in. So I first launched, you do everything that you do. You do the first, you know, landing at the seashore quest. And you do the first five levels of introduction to game systems and controls. Pretty standard MMO stuff. And then once I got to the first, you know, to the first city and I was able to kind of have a choice. And one of the things I love about this game is that it really does give you a choice. And so I thought, you know, I know there's going to be people just pushing quests. You know, there's, there's like that. There's some people that value being at end level very quickly. That's their, that's their thing. That's what they're looking for to their gaming experience. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I knew that that was going to, you know, a large proportion of people were going to do that. So I actually just started gathering. I really enjoy logging and mining and, and harvesting, which is like the herb gathering. And I just started gathering. And I, I did quest. 
But my point of questing for my first day was to push to be able to join a covenant and then be able to get into the company. And really after that, I wasn't super worried about how many quests I got done. I was doing covenant quests to get enough reputation to get my bag upgraded because that is a big deal for me going out and gathering. But I really wasn't worried. Like I ran into a couple quests where there was a bunch of people contesting for the questing resources. And so I just kind of, you know, put that one aside for later and really just focused on enjoying the world and chopping down trees and harvesting stones and getting my gathering professions up and then started doing some basic crafting. And that's kind of where I landed on on launch day. And I I was actually pretty happy with that. How about you? (laughs) Uh, Very similar, actually, you know. I, I mentioned that my plan was to get into the Covenant and then kind of go uh, get into the company and then just kind of explore. And what I've really found myself doing was digging into the crafting systems and the gathering heavily. You know, I would take the town board. So there's kind of a daily quest system where you can go to this board in the town and it gives you some missions and you can reset them if it's things you don't want to do. So like if you get a mission and on that board and you're like, I don't even know where to go fishing. I don't even have a fishing pole. Well, every so often, and it's not a very long cooldown, it may be like 30 minutes to an hour. It's very short. They'll reset or refresh so you can cancel that mission and get a new one. You want to be careful and track the ones that you cancel because if you cancel one that you just refreshed, there's not going to be a new one behind it. But I was strategically targeting those town board quests, I think is what they're called. And I was just kind of running to those on the map and then harvesting everything in between. And I'd so I'd go do these quests and then I would um, harvest the way there and then I would fill my bags on the way back and dump everything into my storage shed and craft, take the raw materials, turn them into usable things. Like you get all of these different things. You get stuff for, you have to take fibers and turn them into linen. You have to take leather and you have to turn it into rugged leather and you have to take ore and turn it into bars and you have to break those bars down into all these other things and this crafting system is so deep i just got really lost in how much each crafting system also relies on each other you know so if you want to focus on one you're really going to end up having two or three sub professions as well because you need stuff from a bunch of different areas and i just found that really intriguing so i i really just was kind of cycling through these town quests and then gathering, filling my bags, unloading them, processing the materials, selling some stuff that I knew was valuable to others that I didn't really need. And then I set my sight on making better gathering tools, which requires engineering. So I started looking at what I could do with the skills and the the UIs laid out really well. You click into one of these professions It is overwhelming at first because there's so many options at each one. But up at the top, it gives your skill level for each skill available at that profession area, which sometimes can be multiple. And then on the left, it has what you can make now, but then what level you need to get that particular skill so that you can begin doing that. And so I got fascinated by this and I was like, ooh, I want to look at new harvesting equipment and new mining equipment and new logging equipment. And then I found out that that increases the speed at which you can do those things. And I got really motivated. So then I just ignored questing altogether. And I was just gathering and going back and forth and leveling the gathering skills 
and gathering everything I needed to make my uh, first set of new gear, which was upgrading my my flint set of tools to the next set, which I believe is iron. I just had a blast doing it. I think it's really fun because it's intuitive, it's complex, but you can kind of figure it out. And then you start crafting and things get bonuses. And it's like, I literally got to the pick my covenant and then I just stopped questing. (laughs) And I just, I'm looking back at it and I know it's just a day removed, but I had a blast just running around, chopping, harvesting and skinning everything in sight. It was great. I had the same experience. I really enjoyed gathering and then diving into the crafting system and understanding how to add bonuses to your craftable items. And it was really interesting to upgrade the tools and then add luck to the tools and then add different attributes to the tools. It's just a great system and it's very complex. It's very deep, but yet it's understandable. I think it's a well-designed system because things that things that have a lot of depth to them but are very understandable are just fun. And I think that they did a great job with the gathering and crafting system. So I kind of had the same experience. I really was just looking for that because, again, you know, for those of you that this may be your first MMO, this is a persistent game. There are no wipes. So you really don't need to feel the urgency to be pushed into something that you don't necessarily want to do. And I just really like that. And that's the best part. You know, you kind of have to follow a little bit of a line so that you can get into a company. But if you don't want to get into a company right away, you don't even have to do that. So just being able to roam around and do stuff was so cool. I started in a different starting area. There's a handful of them than where I started in both betas. And so I was actually exploring a new area, which was really cool. And so some of the familiar things I did in the beta, like I learned where to farm iron ore and I learned where to farm hemp. Well, iron and hemp in the Everfall zone were much more challenging to find and not more challenging. They just weren't as readily available as I was used to. So it caused me to explore and I ended up running all over Everfall just learning where stuff was. I kind of said it in the last episode too. I don't really like having guardrails on. And I was really happy with how early I just knocked him off and just started doing my own thing. And um, so, yeah, yeah, really, really love that aspect that, you know, if you just want to work on your harvesting skill because you see some plant that you want to be able to harvest because no one else seems to be doing it, you can do that. And if you, you know, if you want to craft your own arrows and make better arrows, you can figure out how to do that and you can focus on that and do it. I think the coolest part about that is I had conversations with people that were like, you know, I know that I'm going to run a bow and arrow or a bow. And so I want to be able to make arrows and make them really well. Well, they started in an area where they couldn't find feathers, which you need for arrows early on. And so it just turned into this adventure for them to where they could farm feathers so that they could begin their crafting journey to support their chosen weapon. So the way all of these systems flow together, even at the onset of the game, even level two, level three, when you start figuring out what you're going to do is just awesome. They've done a really good job once you're in the game, letting you choose your path and figure out how you want to progress. I completely agree. And it's so much fun to figure it out too. I mentioned in the first episode that I like experiencing games and kind of figuring them out. I don't particularly enjoy 
just knowing every detail about a game before I dive into it, I really like just to play it, immerse myself in it, and, and have some fun. And it has been really fun to just do these different systems. And they're so well thought out. This game was in development for such a long time, and it's really interesting. And I'm, I, I totally agree. I just am having a blast doing it and really looking forward to, you know, leveling through the entire game. I mean, we've only really played like, what, two zones, maybe two and a half zones at this point. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, how what the game ends up being as we progress through. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same boat. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, because as you start doing this stuff, you start realizing some mistakes that you made. And I had crafted a bunch of stuff that I probably could have sold. Like I crafted massive amounts and you're probably going to hear this and be like, you could have given me these too. But I crafted to level up my engineering a bunch of these various iron tools. And then when I got to um, steel tools, I did the same thing. And I was just salvaging those for parts so that I could keep working on engineering. And as you were just talking about that, I realized that I probably could have listed those on the trading post and made way more money that I could have used to buy supplies and then probably given. <laughs> upgraded tools to a bunch of people on the company and I totally failed. <laughs> <laughs> and I I uh one of the things I know I did, I I crafted uh the first set of iron tools and I got all of them done except for one. I didn't get enough iron ore. And in my mind, I didn't have the iron mining pick, but it was actually the skinning knife. So, I get some iron, run back to the town, and I go make a mining pick. Well, I already had one. And then I immediately look and I'm like, oh, it was a skinning knife. I go back into the crafting menu. I'm one iron bar short. And I was like, oh my gosh. And now I have now I have a mining pick that I can't use. The unfortunate part was the second one that I made was better. So I equipped that. And then I remembered that once you equip it, it's bind on equip. So now I have to salvage it. I don't have the option to give it to somebody else. And this was very early on. It's one of the very first things I did. So I could have really helped somebody out and I totally just messed up completely and just was acting so fast that I just salvaged it. So I'll be I'll be excited to hear uh, other people's crafting mishaps, you know, like you turn leather into the wrong type or something. I don't know. I'm sure we'll have tons of these stories about how people mess this up. I know I can't be the only one, but pay close attention to what you're crafting early on because it does take time to go get those materials. But I had to remind myself, you can always go farm more materials. It just takes a little more time. So it wasn't a big deal, but I could have saved myself a lot of hassle if I would have just paid attention to what I was making. Yeah. And the best part is it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. It's a funny story, but I mean... The first time you play through a brand new game, it you're just going to play through it. It doesn't matter. You're not going to know the most optimized path, and it doesn't matter. You don't need to know the most optimized path. That's the beauty of this game is like if you want to if you want to craft, if you want to go gather, you still earn XP. You don't have to do one particular thing. There's PVP, there's PVE, there's crafting, and all those things give you XP. And that's why I just think the game is designed very well, especially for a 1.0 release. I mean, we're looking at, you know, like the original version of this, you know, there'll be expansions, of course, but for the original version, it's quite robust. Yeah, that's a really good point. The game is so fleshed out in the beginning. And, you know, one of the questions I had in our last episode when we were reflecting on the betas was the, you know, variance in encounters and questing and how they could make it unique going forward. And since I was in a new zone, 
I've already seen a bunch of new monster types and I got killed by a couple of them because I just wasn't expecting what they were going to do. And so I was really impressed by that, that there's already a bunch of monster types in, there's enough variance in it that in the first couple days and running all over the map, I was challenged by some of those encounters. And, you know, there's, um, there's more powerful mobs. I think there's elite mobs. And I'm sure there's a way to tell uh, the more powerful mobs based on like their health bar or something, I'm guessing. But I wasn't really paying close enough attention to that. But I realized that there were some mobs that were a lot harder to kill. And I'm guessing there's some sort of identifier. But it's just so well fleshed out. And I could point to so many areas that they just did a great job on. I guess my hope is that they get this game to the point very soon where a lot of people can get in and experience it because I don't want people to not play it because of the queue issues. It's really good right out of the box, which I think every new MMO wants to be that, but this game is actually good. Like like right out of the gate, it hooks you. And I want people to experience that without the pain of having to wait through queues. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think one of the coolest experiences that I've had so far, and this is, I guess this is a pretty early game thing, I was like level 20, was actually running to First Light. And it forced me to run through a zone that was quite a bit over where I was. I mean, there was level 30-ish monsters. But one of the things that impressed me was I was able to do it, and I was able to get through, you know, without aggroing everything or whatever. And that's you know, that comes from playing other MMOs and understanding that mobs have radiuses in which they'll aggro you. And so you want to just kind of zigzag your way through. But the variety of monsters, like you said, in the variety of scenery, just in three zones, it was just incredible. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I actually don't mind certain quests that are the same basic framework. You know, a lot of MMOs will have kill 10 rats, right? That's the, the traditional MMO kind of generic quest. And I don't mind a basic kind of framework of a quest. And what I like in the repeatable quests is the ranches or the farm in the middle of the zones are all have kind of the same design, yet they're different in appearance in different monsters, but yet the general idea of gathering a sample or collecting something from a chest is kind of basically there. But there really feels like there's enough variety where it's interesting and I, yeah, I just, I think the quest design's pretty good so far. I agree. Yeah. I just think the game's pretty flushed out. Yeah. So one of the things that we're going to do, we'll, we'll jump into these systems a lot heavier. Like I can't wait to talk more about crafting and just the things I've seen and learned and, you know, kind of the next steps or how to target certain things. But, you know, we're, again, we're just, we're into the second day as we're recording. So what are you looking forward to? What do you, what are you hoping to get in the next few days worth of gameplay that maybe you haven't seen yet? I'm really looking forward to getting a couple of pieces of blue gear. I have not felt in any way that my gear was underpowered. I felt very capable of doing everything that I needed to do. I had a little bit of an issue with gear getting broken quickly and not having enough repair items to be able to repair the gear. And then realizing that you get repair items by salvaging gear. So I just had to start salvaging stuff that I was getting from drops. I'm looking forward to experiencing, you know, okay, let's get some rare gear. Let's go from green to the uncommon to some blues and some rare. And uh, at the time of recording, I'm level 21 and I'm really close to being able to equip some rare weapons. And so 
yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some rare gear and kind of seeing how that feels and how that affects my my particular uh, build. And we'll get into that and we'll get into builds in a different episode, not this one. But I'm really looking forward to that. How about you? Yeah, I think for me, I'm really looking forward to getting to the next tier of gathering professions. I really want to chop down one of those blue trees soon. But that <laughs> requires 100 logging. So I'm going to have to spend some time doing that. But I look forward to doing that. So that's probably the number one thing is I got there in the beta and I just I really want to start chopping down some blue trees, man. So I'm I'm really profession focused right now and I'm not targeting one in particular. I'm actually leveling basically all of them side by side, which probably isn't super efficient, but I'm learning a lot about how they interact with each other. And I'm finding that experience to be more valuable than being super efficient. So at some point, I probably will want to get more efficient. But right now, I'm just not worried about it. I'm throwing everything that I gather into whatever profession will take it just to learn how everything relates to each other. Yeah, it's really interesting how these professions are tied together. I find that the system is actually really well designed and thought out. I mean, there's some things that you can craft that you just don't need. And then there's some things that you can craft that you absolutely need. So I think it's really interesting how they tied them all together. And yeah, I'm kind of diving into the same thing as I go. I don't feel rushed. And that's what I love about this. Like, I, I just don't feel rushed in any way. Like, there's something that I absolutely have to do. I, there's plenty of time to play the game and plenty of time to get to max level. I just think it's, it's a lot of fun the way that it is. I agree, man. Well, we wanted to do this episode. It was kind of intended to be short, but we kind of dove heavy into the launch day and then just kind of our initial take. Um, we'll kind of get into our regular sort of content and breaking down systems and, and really how to get better at some of these things and understanding them in subsequent episodes. But it was fun to just do kind of a what was supposed to be a shorter episode right after launch. But here we are almost an hour in. But yeah, I'm just excited to get more game time, honestly. The the queue system for me, because I haven't done too much of it or haven't had to do too much, I sit here wanting the queue to go down just to get in the game and play. So that's a good sign for me. I empathize with those that may be in a more frustrated state. And I'm really, really hopeful that Amazon takes steps very quickly to make this weekend a much better experience. Yep, I uh, completely agree. And I'm sure they will adjust the game as accordingly as they need to. Well, I think that's about it for tonight. Uh, this is a, a good uh, good talk about launch day and I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Before we log off, we want to make sure that you can get in touch with us if you'd like to. The best way to do that is to send me a, dis a DM on Discord and tag me in our Discord and that's Ronald Gaming. Or you can do the same with uh, MTB Trigger. We've got a very robust Discord that supports several games that we have podcasts around in the XP Media family. So if you're into other games, please check those out. We've got a fairly large and robust community now of people who are active and enjoying New World. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Ronald Gaming. And a couple times a week, I hang out with MTB Trigger on his Twitch stream, where we talk about games and enjoy whatever uh, Trigger's playing and just hang out with the community. It's a lot of fun. And of course, if you have something formal you'd like to get to us about the show or XP Media on the business side, our email address is xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. Yeah, like Ronald said, uh, MTB Trigger on Twitter, Twitch, Discord, all the places. I'd like to 
get into more of a regular streaming schedule now that my new job, for those of you that are listening from the Xfil podcast, new job's finally pretty stable. So I'm looking forward to uh, having a more more defined schedule. So hopefully we can get back into streaming on a regular basis. Um, but in the interim, make sure you turn that uh, alert notifier on so you get notified when I go live. But other than that, you know, hit me up in Discord. I've been hanging out in voice chats playing New World. We do the same thing when we play other games as well. But uh, yeah, as for this episode, like Ronald said, we're uh, <laughs> we're excited to get back in the game. We hope it gets a little easier to get everybody in the game. But as for this week and this episode, that's what we got. We'll see you out there uh, in the new world. Welcome to the first named episode of the Rested XP podcast. Good luck leveling out there, and we'll see you guys all very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. See ya.